What's wrong? Wrong? Your face. I'm an obsessive fan, so tell. Thank you, Soren. The sword's good. The spell makes me great, but great enough? If I lose, forget me. All of you are dead or imprisoned. Why didn't I see how huge this is? I'm... I'm scared. For all of us. You know what I'm thinking about? That video you showed me of your high school production of Lame Miz. You were such a great Valjean. Ugh. I was all right at the matinees. Evenings, I'd agree. I scaled the heights. Mm. But what's your point? Well, all this reading we've been doing on war, I keep coming across soldiers who sing before going into battle. To avoid throwing up with fear. It built confidence. Yes, projected power to stabilize the enemy. So give me. What? The big number. <laughs> I can't. I'll never remember all the lyrics. It's practically the entire cast. Which is why... Magic. No, I should practice. So move your ass and sing. Beyonce does, which is why she's a boss. Hmm. Don't make me sing. <laughs> One day more. Another day, another destiny. This never-ending road to Calvary. These men who seem to know my crime will surely come a second time. One day more. I did not live until today. One day more Tomorrow you'll be worlds away And yet with you my world has started One more day alone, my own Will we ever meet again? One more day with him not caring I was born to be with you What life I might have known And I swear Skip some verses, they're great, but they don't really apply to our situation. Oh, okay. Gotcha. One day to a new Every man will be a king. There's a new world for the winning. Do you hear the people sing? My place is here. With you, one day more, I did not 
She projected both toughness and kindness, and she wore high boots with fascinatingly complex laces. She was, to the best of Quentin's ability to gauge these things, a lesbian. <laughs> That's so. Quentin's ability. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not so great. <laughs> so, do you see the relationship between your character and your namesake character in the books? Yeah, I know. I know when you think of me, you think of all of those things. <laughs> Actually, it's funny. In real, my mom in real life is uh, she's a PE teacher. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she's an adapted. That's great. She's an, an adapted PE teacher. She has blonde hair, but the other things don't don't match as much. But um, yeah, I know the fat. When I when I when I booked the role, I was trying to do as much research as possible, and I started reading the books, obviously, and I was like. That's Fen. <laughs> it's like she's not very similar. No, I think she's not very similar to um, me, Fen, uh, on the show. I would say the biggest similarity is kind of the core of who they both are. Like they both have this intense love and commitment to Fillory, mm-hmm. and they both. I don't think Fen in the book uses magic. And it's hybrid. I, I look like at this. Quentin doesn't think she's a magician at first, but she does this like magic martial arts. That's thing. right. But yeah. she can. Yeah. She doesn't really use it. And anyways, and so that's kind of similar to uh, Fen in the like. We haven't seen Fen use magic on the it's show. Like you know, force sensitive sometimes. Sometimes they do it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I want to do magic, don't get me wrong. But yeah, I would say the biggest similarity is just the core of who they are and what they stand for, yeah. even though the they come across as very different. I was, I was reading the passages last night, as research, um, <laughs> and one of the things that I saw, well, okay, first the battle scene, Fen kills everybody, which is She's really, a badass! And she, like, and she, like, stomps on this guy's throat twice, because it's like, you're not... Dead is not enough for you. you yeah, have to, no, like, no. Be really dead. Um, <laughs> but there were there were some other things too that I noticed, and the big thing was she has a conversation with Quentin where he's like, "It's kind of ridiculous that like children of Earth are the only people who can be rulers." Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, except that like we've been fighting each other for years, mm-hmm. and the infighting doesn't work, so you can't be any worse." Yeah, and that was the thing that I think most reminded me of Fen in the show. Just yeah. this, like. She wants Fillory to work, and she knows that there are these, like, deep, deep Deep problems, problems with the way that we, that we operate yeah, exactly. and do things that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, ex- exactly. But, yeah, I wish, I wish, Fen, I wish I got to, like, kick more butt on the show. That'd I hope you cool. get to. Season three. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I liked the, like, one scene where you, where you get the, like, crossbow. Oh, I was so excited about that. I was so excited about the crossbow. <laughs> just wanted to stab someone. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So, you said in your Reddit AMA the other day that you feel protective of Finn. Could you tell us a bit more about what that means? That's so funny. I'm like so... You know, the first person who totally called me out on that was Hale. (laughs) Because, I, you know, I mean, I've been acting for so long, and I, of course, I get connected to all my characters, even the evil ones, because you live with them for so long, and... Fen more than any other character, I become like vigilantly defensive of her. I don't know. I I just got so connected to her. Like, so you know, she she gets the somebody points that out on Twitter during the last live tweet that she gets the short end of the stick a lot, and you know, like her and Elliot both are arranged into this marriage, and it's like I think people for it's easy to forget that Fen also is in an arranged yeah. marriage, you know, mm-hmm. and like she also is marrying someone that she doesn't know, and that's not really into her at least I mean I think we're starting to develop something more but um one of the things that really struck me in in this episode in particular is how right like in the early episodes 
Elliot is so much like, oh, I want this to be an equal partnership, like, don't just, like, be subservient to me. But he kind of has abandoned that in this last episode. He's just kind of, like, going off and doing what he wants and not really consulting her. Totally. Yeah, that's right. I, I totally lost my train of thought talking about that. <laughs> um, but yes, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, so I get defensive over Fen because it's not always acknowledged that, the, the, like, he did make these promises and wants it to be a partnership, and it's not really a partnership, and she's always getting kicked out of meetings. And even though she's on the high council, like, she's asked to leave all the time and isn't always there, and then... Man, it's so funny. I was I was sitting on I was I was in LA for a week and I was at this coffee shop I always go to and I was reading the the I think I was reading the script for 209, the one that just aired. Yeah. And I got to the scene where Fen gets left behind in the castle and everybody else goes off to the battle and I like actually got mad. <laughs> She's pregnant. So. I, I know but She's, she can't be that pregnant. But Elliot's the but only yeah, one. Yeah, but the air like if you get stabbed like your air is dead. Okay, that's true. See, I thought the same thing, but Elliot's the only one that fights. It's only supposed to be a fight between Elliot and Idri. So I was like, why does Fen get... But anyways, I just get so defensive over her. And then when, like, when Fen is the one that gets in trouble for having the relationship with the Foo Fighter, like, that ended that. before I ever got married. I The Foo... Being a Foo Fighter also ended before I got married. And is that a big thing I should have... Dis- Fen I should have disclosed? I like didn't have, like, a bajillion partners beforehand. Well, that's Elliot the thing. the biggest slut. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, go for it. I'm happy for him. But just you don't slut shame your wife. <laughs> yeah, but then there's this double standard for Fen, and then she gets in trouble for it, and I'm like, ah! So I just get so defensive for Fen. That's just the female characters in general, unfortunately. <laughs> like, I, I think the show does better than a lot of shows No, 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 I don't mean, like, in the writing, yeah. but, like, the fan reaction oh, yeah. is just so, like, I was oh, the males so continue the wrong. Uh, There's, like, every <laughs> single female character in the show, I feel, has had a thread on Reddit that's, like, isn't X just awful. And the last one I saw was like, isn't Alice just the worst or something like that? I was like, I'm gonna kick you. I know, right? You know, the writers do an amazing job of making everything, it's just the equal and amazing and I'm not that everything's always 100% equal but like you know what I mean like we all have our own there's a lot of complexity to there's so much complexity yeah. to everything but yeah I don't know why I do get defensive and, and that's right and one day on set Hale was like I can't remember but I think like Elliot was doing something maybe he was going to earth to to have his his liaison oh, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it was amazing and then I can't remember like I just remember saying something about Fen like almost as if I was her and he's like you're so defensive I was like I am defensive over Fen <laughs> She has the, she has such sincerity. If I played, she does. If I played any character on the show, I would be the same way. Like, I'd be like no. <laughs> Which incidentally, we we we've we've been trying for a long time. If Plum is ever cast on the show, oh, you don't know about Plum yet because you haven't started the third book. I haven't started the third we book the third yet. Books and then. Tell me. Like, okay, cool. She, she is definitely plump. Okay, cool. I can't wait. Now when I read the third book, I'm going to imagine your face you the whole time. <laughs> I think she's a little more like punk rock looking, I think. I want to say she has short hair. I feel um, like she has like short purple hair, but it's never said. I just like, like have that, that image. That's yeah. her, well, that's now going to be my image. And anyone who's listening who hasn't read the third book, awesome. I like it. <laughs> it's because her name is Plum. She has to have purple hair. Good point. That's true. Okay, I'm sorry. You have other questions. I okay. should <laughs> Okay, so a lot of fans struggled when Finn was first introduced in the show because of what it meant for Elliot, who is gay. What would you say to these fans? Yeah, I totally, 100% understand that. I mean, I had the same thoughts myself when I when I read the script and when I was comparing the script with the book and how differently it is because, um, oh God, Elliot's just such a great character. And I have to say, Hale plays him so brilliantly. Oh my God. <laughs> 
I just, I mean, I fell in love with Elliot. When I binged the first season, when I got booked, I was, and I fell in love with Elliot and Margot together. Because their their relationship and their love for each other is just amazing. I was like, I don't want to come in and ruin this, but I do, you know, because I like the intent. Um, no, I'm just and then, kidding. And then you read the book, and they're like opposite of friendship goals. I know. I was like, they're perfect. But no, that's such a good question, and that was definitely a concern. And God, I mean, it's as I was saying earlier, it's it's hard for me to speak to it. Um, like not being in the LGBTQ community myself, but like I can only speak to it um, like as a plot. And as Elliot, just as just as a person, you know, and having to have this identity and ha- know who he is and know what he wants to do in life and then have to make a sacrifice. And like I mentioned before, like both Elliot and Fenn, of course I always compare it to Fenn because like that's what I know the best, obviously. <laughs> but like Elliot and Fenn, they both get married. They both don't know each other. They're both. But the, the, the big difference here is, is that Elliot is gay and Fenn is straight. And so there's that added thing of like, Naturally, it's a little easier for Fen because yeah. she's not making as big of a leap as Elliot. Um, so he does have a bigger sacrifice. And I think, I don't want to talk about Hale's character too much because obviously he knows about him way more. But, like, there is a fluidity to to Elliot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there, there's a little, there's, <laughs> once again, I don't know how to, like, phrase it. But, like, there is a fluidity to, to Elliot for sure. But, like, Elliot... He wants to be with the man. Like, he wants to fall in love and, and, and end up with a man, you know? And so it's really tough. But, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's interesting because, like, making him be married to a woman. But we don't know what will what will happen, you know? And yeah. Do you think that Fen knows that Elliot is gay? Have they had that conversation? I think she absolutely knows that Elliot's gay. And I think she also knows that um, he did go to Earth. Mm. And had a thing with um, what's it? I remember the, the actor's name is Jay. He was great, but the the like random ha- guy from Spain, Javier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I think it was Javier. Yeah, I think Fen knows about that, and also because she knows that he is gay, um, realizes that that puts him in a really awkward spot. And I think that's why Fen doesn't say anything about it um, because she can't possibly understand what it's like to be someone with the gender you don't want to be with. You I was know? kind of secretly hoping she would just turn out to be a lesbian and they were kind of just roping into the same thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, Wouldn't that oh. be perfect? <laughs> right? I just want a threesome scene with Fen, Elliot, and Margot. So oh, maybe yes. let's just make Fen swing both ways, please, because they're both so beautiful and I love them both in real life. Let's I feel like that's happening. I think everyone that could would be like good that. for Fen and Margot's relationship. Right? I don't know. We'll it's talk been about getting it better. I don't know. It's been getting better. I don't know. I totally hinted at the writers like, hey, what if like Margot had a thing? You know? All right. Just saying. Yeah. Summer's pretty gorgeous. <laughs> there's a lot of, like, no, there's not really a whole lot of romance in the books, so just getting the romance in the show is interesting. That's true. It's, it's like, mostly, like... It's fun exploring that. Because yeah. I feel like... Well, I mean, we've talked to Lev, and Lev basically kind of confirmed that most of the characters are pretty aromantic, but that's not really, like, because they were meant to be. It was just that he didn't really know what to write for them. Yeah, and that's just how the story unfolded, and, like, Mm -hmm. you can still go on a journey without falling in love or without having a romance and stuff. That's one of the things I really like about the books is that there's there's so much interesting... You get so much characterization without the romance. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like they don't need that to define them necessarily, but yeah. but yeah, I don't know if I answered that well with 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 no, Elliot being so. in, being so, gay, yeah. but yeah. You had a follow up question. I asked if that was it. Oh, that was it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Uh, Seamless. Okay. Do you think Fen would rule Fillory if given the chance or the responsibility? If she did, 
what would she be like as a ruler mm-hmm. and what would her priorities be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never thought about that. Um, I think... I think Fen would rule Fillory if given the opportunity and if she thought she was fit to rule Fillory. Um, I think she would because she knows a lot about Fillory. As we know, she used to be a Foo Fighter. Um, And so she obviously gets, you know, she was a rebel and she obviously knows and and she's the type of person that wouldn't get involved in an organization unless she 100% knew what what it was about and what was going on. Um, And I also think she'd be, I mean, I'm, incredibly biased (laughs) like a hundred percent biased I would like to say that I think she'd be a good ruler and one reason I say that is because she's not black and white about things and she doesn't get stuck in opinion and then refuse to move like if she's given other facts she changes her opinion part of the reason why I say that is because she was a Foo Fighter so she used to be a hundred percent against children of earth ruling Fillory. And then she stopped that. She became Elliot's wife. Um, and at first didn't didn't quite know what was going on with him and if he was a good ruler. And then getting to know him and getting to know like his policies and how he is truly a good person. Then she started to change and is starting to really believe in Elliot and also absolutely falling in love with Elliot too. And so yeah, which just makes me so sad. For her. <laughs> I know. And so it's okay. I mean, Margo's in love with him too. So yeah, exactly. So we all get job. to just be lonely. And <laughs> See, this is why. This is and why Quentin. Quentin. Yeah, this is why we need Elliot. This is why we need Fargo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. They have each other. They have so much in common. I want Fargo. I so mean, bad. we're all for the polyamorous marriage and. Uh, I mean, there's, like, a quote in the books about all the physical kids falling in love with each oh, other, yeah. and I, I think we're all just, like, everyone's in love with each other, and it's okay. That's totally. the best way. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But I think Fen's just super open, and, like, obviously, hearing that Elliot, Elliot's going to get a husband was shocking at first because, you know, that's not a thing that happens every day. But I also think she just wants whatever's right, and she's not... Closed we'll off. talk about that a little bit. In more. the scene, she yeah. didn't seem happy. Like, yeah. like, kind of like after he was just like, "Oh, come here!" Like, to well, he's gorgeous, and he's such a charm. <laughs> it's funny the actor. I love the actor, um, Leonard. And like, when oh, wait, no, we're going to talk about that anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, F- Fen's policies. Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, she would definitely be definitely one for the environment. Like, I think that would be her main thing was environmental issues and conserving the environment and. Definitely would probably want a democracy and get them out of the um, the dark ages. With some, like <laughs> when Tick Pickwick, who's one of my favorite characters, he's played by Rizwan so Manji, who is just a comedic genius. I love him in everything. So good in everything. Oh. He, he played Summer's dad in a show, by the way. <laughs> oh, before, before, before this. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but he played her dad, and oh, I think that's hilarious. That's interesting. But yeah, like when he's taught, when people, there's always like these little passive aggressive things, but oh, you're a woman though. Like Fen would. Get rid of that. Right away. <laughs> Equality. That kills me because, like, in the books, it's very, like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Gender is, like, not important. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. that was something I liked. Um, but I, th- I think in the, show, like, in the show, it gives it, like, a, you and know, they need that something to get over. Like, yeah. you get past it. Um, what, a, what is it that I... But I think, it, like, uh, with the, the Florian rulers in general, like, both the Margo and Ellie, is that they never talk about anything. They just kind of, like, make their own decisions, and I think that's their biggest problem, is that they keep making these decisions about each oh other. Oh, my gosh. Communication's yeah. key in all relationships. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this episode especially, but, yeah, we'll yeah. get into that. Um, okay. Last one. Okay. Your favorite. <laughs> this might be the one to ask. We, we asked this to all and of our guests. We saw that you're a huge Harry Potter nerd, so I'm oh. sure you have answers for this one. Okay. Go on. <laughs> 
what's Fence Hogwarts house and what is yours? Oh, good question. <laughs> I love, I'm so happy to talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk about Harry Potter. Um, yeah, so my Hogwarts house is Gryffindor. Um, my Patronus is a black and white cat. Oh, oh that's so awesome. That's a hedgehog. <laughs> I love hedgehogs. I can't remember so what mine was. Mine was some random something. It was <laughs> like a stag of some sort. It was, and there's like 12 stags, and it was like a boring one. Or no, it was a horse. It was a dun stallion. That's what it was. It's a stallion. How is that boring? <laughs> you fool. stallion? <laughs> well, apparently you are, and you just don't know it yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I felt like mine failed a little bit, but I was just like, whoa. Wait, what houses are you guys in? We're, we're both... Ravenclaw primary, Slytherin secondary. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. That's funny. My boyfriend, when he took the, the, the test years ago, he got Slytherin. And then he took... That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only had, like, two interactions with him, but the fact that he, like, reached out, I was like... I've taken, it, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've taken it, like, six times, and it's, like, about, like, mostly Ravenclaw, and then, like, I'll get, like, two, like... Really? So I was actually a three-way hat stall on Pottermore. Really? Mm-hmm. Is that how? I didn't even know. They don't even do that. I know. I'm anymore. the only person I know who's ever gotten a three-way hat stall. Everything wow. but Gryffindor. Sorry. Oh, so I we're, love Gryffindors. Well, I respect all the other houses too. Yeah, I love all the houses, but I, I do like the only thing is with Gryffindor is just like I feel like it's everyone's go-to just because it's the most popular house. Well, that's the thing. That's why I was like, well, I had to take it, and then I really did get. It's funny. James the second time around also got Gryffindor, so I'm like, you're like Harry Potter because he's like Slytherin and Gryffindor too. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's right. what I got. But so I think Fen. I know that I'm like I look like I'm just following like what's popular, Everyone. but I really got it. I promise. Yeah, and I didn't like manipulate my answers because I. If you had a secondary like house, what do you think it would be? Hufflepuff. Uh, probably, yeah. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I thought I was going to get Hufflepuff when I took it. <laughs> I so think... you're like a Neville. Yeah. Oh, I love him. I love uh-huh. him so much. And also like Fen, he was like mild-mannered and then like badass. Exactly. That's why, I, by the way, to answer the second part of your question, I think Fen would be Hufflepuff. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, good guess. I buy that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Thanks so, for bringing up Harry Potter. Oh, this is my favorite thing to ask. Oh, are you into astrology? Because that's our other yeah. little hit. Oh, no, I don't really know much about... I know I'm a Gemini, which makes sense. Okay. <laughs> but that's I don't know much I know. about it either, though I, I found out more last night. But, um. Yeah, we, we went to a psychic. It was pretty fun. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Jade, told us, Jade told us that the first thing she does anytime she gets a character is she figures out their astrological sign. That their chart. totally like, makes sense. Really I can cool. see She's like super into it. But, like, I love Jade, another person I love. If I had to give an astrology sign to... To your character, though. I'm going to think about it. Oh, yeah, sign okay. me one, because I have to... Tell us at the end. We'll get yeah. there. I'm going to um, think about it. Think I'm going to think right. about it. So, getting into the episode a little bit. There is a lot going on for Fen in this episode. Yes. We see a lot about her devotion to Elliot and to Fillory. We start to see more about her sort of envy over his relationship with Margo. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, there's a musical number. So, what went through your mind when you first got the script? Oh, my God. I was so psyched. I mean, I was a little nervous because I've never sung professionally before. I've taken I've taken voice lessons off and on, um, but I never I never really knew that I could... I knew that I could carry a tune, but I never knew I could sing like that. <laughs> like I did on this show. And I think part of it's just because I, I doubted myself. And it's so cheesy, but once you believe in yourself, like, you can do things that you didn't think you could. And it really, really applies to my, my singing right now. So, yeah, no, I, I found out... Before I read the script, and I was so excited, and so I immediately, I got a recommendation from my manager on a vocal coach. It was this woman named Laura Dickinson, who's amazing, and I was back in L.A. for that week, and so 
I went and I had like, you know, a two hour lesson with her and she was amazing. And it's, I was just standing there at the piano just doing warm ups. And all of a sudden, I don't know what she did. It was, that was magic. I mean, aside from the show, what she did was magic. Like she just opened my voice up yeah. and I didn't realize I could even sing as high as I do in the show. I've never sung. It's really high. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yay me. <laughs> no, I never knew. It's funny because my mom sang growing up and she's a soprano. And so when she saw the show, she's like, yeah, you get it from me and your grandma. Because my grandma sang in choir too and she was a soprano. And I was like, oh, so it finally makes sense. But but yeah, so I just like practiced like crazy for the week and a half leading up to the, because the, we did the recording in the recording studio. And then we sang to our voices or, you know, uh, on set. But I was so I was so excited. And it was such a fun day. Like, yeah. everyone was... It was so fun singing with all of them. <laughs> uh, Danny, what did you think of this episode? I loved it. Um, Good. You better. It'd be awkward <laughs> if you didn't. I know. I'm right here. Um, actually, we thought it sucked. No. <laughs> better with less fun. <laughs> I mean, we love every episode for the most part. I think we have some issues every once in a while, and we usually air them. Yeah. But... Uh, We've been waiting for the musical episode all season since we heard it was going to be We've, we've been so, like, it was kind of one of those things where we're just, like, like, bracing ourselves for, though, because it's just, like, it's such a random thing to do. Yeah, totally. I think um, as soon as we realized, though, that it was, that it was going to be, like, the battle with Loria, we were yeah. like, yes. I, and it's a magical it was just, spell. like, one scene, yeah, too, yeah. like, rather than the yeah. whole musical episode. And, like, I know this sounds so ridiculous, but it still fit into the reality of the situation because yeah, it, it was a spell. Yeah. So it's, like, it could totally be... A thing that I happens in a magical... Fun, though. Like, pocket episodes can be fun. Like, I loved the Buffy musical episode, and I'm just like, I'm sure that they can probably do it down the line. I'd be so down to do a full yeah. musical episode. Well, do- everyone else needs to get to sing. Well, we have to <laughs> right? hear Arjun rap. Yes. Arjun raps? Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> really? That's yeah, we, awesome. Yeah, we got caught on this thread, like, during the episode live tweet, like, him and Jaden, he was saying how Jade sings all the time. Oh, yeah, Jade has an incredible singing voice. Yeah, yeah, we, were listening yeah to, we, need, we saw some of her videos. She needs to sing on the show. I want to hear Arjun rap. That sounds incredible. Well, we're, we told him he's he's now contractually obligated to do it on the podcast next Perfect. Time. Verbal so. contract. I'll rap with him. I'm not very good, but I'll do it. I will not rap with him. It will not work well. Yeah, I also, <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really great at some raps. Like, I can do, like, you know, Baby Got Back. I mean, I know the words. I'll sound like a doofus singing it or <laughs> rapping it, but yeah. I can only really do the beginning. But the beginning is great. Or like yeah, white kid rapping, like you know, like Eminem <laughs> or. Like, lose yourself. Like, I don't feel like I, I can, can pull jam that. that. Oh, I can't pull any of that off now. <laughs> I, I mean, I would probably have to get drunk beforehand, but I would have fun. Oh, I mean, I can pull off anything when I'm drunk, but that's a different story. At least I think I can until I'm sober again. <laughs> <laughs> I watch videos and I'm just like, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Snapchat story the next day. Uh, <laughs> why? Hashtag regrets. Yeah. <laughs> regrets. Okay, um, so I want to I wanna play... A couple clips. The first one is a scene between Fen and Elliot. Cool. It's just so touching. Oh. How's the battle prep? If someone had told me a year ago that I'd be venting to my wife while preparing to do battle on behalf of my mythical kingdom, I'd have done a lot more drugs. I have something that might help. Great. Depending on what your definition of help is. I know I haven't always given you reason to trust me. My grandpa forged this sword for a high king who vanished without ever claiming it. Since then, my family's been saving it for someone truly worthy. It's beautiful, but I'm not sure it actually helps. I'll never learn a spell in time. It was made for a king, as was the accompanying spell. 
and sword spells take weeks to master. Not when it's written for a king. My grandpa was the royal family's favorite swordsmith because he knew they were uh, too... Too lazy to learn? Too preoccupied with matters of state for busy work. With this spell and this blade, you will be a master swordsman. <sighs> Insert weak double entendre I'd have to explain. Sorry? Praise Ember's strength and Ember's wisdom. Bring unto me the lifeblood knowledge of all masters of the blade who have come before. Fen. Fen, I actually feel marginally less fucked now. All my life, I've put my family first. Now that's you and our baby. I'll really try not to die again. <laughs> I'd really appreciate that. Oh my gosh. So what strikes me <laughs> the most about the scene is, is Finn's sincerity, which is always such a contrast to Elliot. He's like so snarky and like above it all and too cool. <laughs> um, and I think it really disarms him. And in this scene, you really see that. Like she is 100% sincere and he's sitting there like kind of self-involved and like dealing with his own problems. And he looks at it and he's like, Oh yeah, this is a real person. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That's a good. Way. I'm glad. Wow. I'm so glad you liked Fen Fen's sincerity. <laughs> yeah, and like I think Elliot is a really sincere person, and sometimes it comes out more times than others. And when when he's with other people, it just like brings it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, um, I think Elliot cares deeply about so many things, and so when that especially comes out, it's really touching. But I loved, I loved this scene yeah. um, so much. And I'm so, like, just watching you react to the clip <laughs> made me so happy. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad we could validate you. <laughs> oh, yes. Keep validating the insecure actress. Um, but, yeah, because it was. It was such a genuine scene. And, and him and I spent, we both, like, rehearsing. And we'll, like, go to his his place that he lives at when we're shooting in Vancouver and we'll just rehearse and go over it together and it's just we just find so many fun little things and so and that's what I found in this scene was like wow like Fen cares so much like Fen really loves Elliot such intensity in her face yeah good yay and like (laughs) no no it's fine it's like you know who am I um, but yeah I'm so glad I came we had so much fun with this scene and it ended up being way more like deep and and I don't know, just personal than I thought it was going to be. So when I watched it, I was like, oh, good. I'm glad it came across that oh, way. Really yeah. Nice. Yay, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... It, it's, it's what I love in general about their relationship. And it's the thing that, like... It's it a slow burn, our our love for each other. Or Fen's love and his kind of love. I think love. he loves her. It's just not... Right? It's it's not a romantic love in the same way. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. It, I He's just not fully capable of that with a woman. And it's 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 hard to see that because it, I think it does at times prevent him from seeing her as, like, a full person. Mm-hmm. Because she loves him and he knows that there's nothing that he can do about it and that it is right for her to love him, but he can't return it. And I think that just makes it so hard. And there's a and lot of, like, marriages like that. Like, you know, like, business-arranged marriages for, like, gay men and stuff like it, it happens like that the wife falls in love and there's nothing yeah. they can do but like and it's like that deep love back but they just don't love them like romantically like or vice versa yeah, yeah. I, but, I can imagine how it has to be so hard for Finn 
Yeah, I think it's really hard for, for both of them because they're both good people and they both care. They both care about things in general and each other. And, yeah, it's it's definitely rough for Fen. <laughs> she's like, love me. But, she, I mean, she gets she gets it too, you know. Um, I think she's really understanding. But I think she's still, like, I think she sees past sometimes the way that Elliot feels back and just knows that he's such, like, cares so much. Yeah. Like, especially now, like, he's not a Florian, you know. Yeah. So for him to come to our world and then actually care and like, be willing to sacrifice his life. Because at this point in the in the episode, he still doesn't know if he's even going to survive. Yeah. And so I think that just endears her to him even more and why she gives him this, this family heirloom, like this thing that my grandfather forged with his hands. And, mm. and I just think it's a really good connecting moment for them. But, you know, Elliot has... He's so, he's so complex. It's just... There's a lot going on. He is a very complex character. Yeah, I, I love his character. <laughs> I want to be Elliot sometimes. He's just such a great uh, character. Wants to be you're Elliot. like, okay, you're our fourth guest on the show, and you're the fourth person who said that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I want to be Elliot so bad that, like, you know how in the first season, especially when he's in the Physical Kids Cottage, which is one of my favorite sets ever, and he's always making these amazing cocktails. So I, well, I love wine and and I love craft beer and I never really drank cocktails. And once I started watching the show and like how he's this amazing mixologist, like I recently started making cocktails (laughs) myself at home. Someone in our chat made like a really good one looking one and I want to try it. It was like, like, it was called like, (laughs) send it to me. It was called like Ember's Tears or something. Really? That's perfect. That's so creative. Was that Maddie? It's probably. No, it wasn't Maddie. Oh, no, it's probably Dom because Dom is a. No, no, but I think Dom has made drinks, but he hasn't made drinks. Dominic Burgess, who plays Ember? Okay, I was going to say. We have a group chat, which is actually how all of this started. Well, we started on Tumblr and then we started a group chat. It's got like 100 people in it who just sit and talk about the magicians all day. Yay! I love you. The free trader Beowulf just because of like Julia's. I'm still bummed that the name got changed back after Free Trader Beowulf. That was my best pun. <laughs> I, I, I like Free the Butt. <laughs> oh yes, Free the Butt was also good. <laughs> well, because you know Arjun wasn't allowed to show his butt in the first episode and he was very upset about butt. this. And so we were like, Free the Butt. <laughs> Why wasn't see. he allowed to show his butt? Apparently it was too cold in the water. So they didn't like want that. him to they be in the water like, with his butt. Oh, oh, oh I wasn't sure if it was like a ratings thing or... I don't think no, so. No, because they showed a stunt double's butt so that's why he was like super mad about it. Is Hale's butt real? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Did um, Hale show's butt? Well, the, the Dop Elliot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember Doppelbanger. Um, that's a good, I actually don't remember. You'd think I'd remember we'll something like him. that. It kept going back and forth whether it was going to be or not. Yeah. But he filmed it. We just don't know if it was actually his butt. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, God, I wish I, I should know these things he's about my husband's butt. I'm such a terrible <laughs> wife. <laughs> Is that next week? Yeah, he's Aww. Next week. So. Yay. We're looking forward Tom's to Tom's wife says hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we will. Um, okay, so speaking speaking of their marriage, um, the other clip that I want to play is the one at the very end where Elliot takes a husband. Yeah. The dildo. I can't believe you actually <laughs> won. Is it really that shocking? Having seen how you fight without magic, yes. Hold up. What's King, King Daddy, Daddy Fuckface fuck doing here? <laughs> Idri. Sorry, it's so it's annoying, I'm sure. Guest. I love her attitude. What she happened so with great. the whole one must so die funny. deal? Kings. It's the point of having great power if not to right wrongs. His voice. Yeah. You could just oh, mm-hmm. fuck that. Like butter. God, it's like butter. <laughs> 
We're getting married. See, we gotta get him on the podcast. Wait, what? Oh, God. He'll just like romance the whole world. Putting in wifey, your dick no worky. Before I flay whoever neglected to inform me soon, apparently all monarchs on this glorious, magical planet are entitled to one of each a wife and a husband. So what? You're all just gonna shack up. We're together. all just one big royal polyamorous family. I love how Isn't it great? That line. No one has to die. Everyone gets what they want. Well, can we take a second? Uh, what? So you fucked his son. It doesn't have to be weird. <laughs> you sure this is a good idea? So good. I mean, you're really doubling up on Florian marriage contracts. Sometimes you have to sacrifice for diplomacy and just wait. Until we're husband and husband and what some would call pillow talk, we call... Espionage? Diplomatic leverage. Your Highness! Thank Ember for your safe return. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. I but love more it. More good news. Yeah. The West Wing is, like, is finally punishing itself. Oh, good okay, old tip. I have something on that. <laughs> that we'll well, talk about okay, everything's cool. coming up, Elliot. Congrats, future hubby. Your half is now shit-free. <laughs> I'm sorry. His what? That was a deal. Marriage, peace, and a 50-50 wellspring split. So how have you finally fixed the wellspring? I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> okay, so I, we watch every episode like two or three times when we prepare for these, and the last watching, which I did last night, I was looking at this scene and I was like, wait a second. Like, Tick doesn't care. And then, okay, I'm not actually going to ask you to say anything, but you might have to make, like, awkward noises. <laughs> I feel like he is a spy <laughs> now. I have, like, this inclination that he is, like, Someone's that a Tick is Someone's a, a traitor. <laughs> I mean, obviously I can't. Either, no, either can't way, whether that's true or not, I can't say anything. But I do love how when he comes in, he's like, oh, He's like, you don't care, Tick. <laughs> I'm sure he liked living there alone before they... Yeah. They were well, all that, living there, right? Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Well, like, of course, sort of, like, de facto ruling. Right? Yeah, exactly. Of course he doesn't want the children of Earth like, to show up. Like, I didn't up. want a boss. Yeah, he's so funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's, there's, like, 12 things that happen here for Fen. I mean, not all of them are things that, like, she knows immediately, but, like... There's a lot. Let's just start with the marriage. <laughs> I can't imagine what's going through her head. Head, so yeah, I don't even think Fen knows what's going through her head. It's a lot to take in. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's definitely a shock. And once again, like Fen's main thing always is whatever's best for Fillory. And so I think she thinks, you know what, if this is best for Fillory and best for this person who I love, like, oh, it's a new thing. But like, if it makes you happy, you know, I mean, obviously it's a shock at first, yeah. especially because in Fen's head. You know, it's been a struggle with the relation, the, the love side of the relationship with her and Elliot. And so all of a sudden for Fen, when she gets pregnant, in her head, and her like all of a sudden her little fantasy mm-hmm. is coming true of, you know, my husband and me and our baby, and we have our little family now, you know? Because, like, that's always been Fen's vision for her mm-hmm. future. And so all of a sudden this new thing is being, uh, a new element is being thrown into the relationship, and that's definitely a struggle. But once again, I think she'd be... And he's gorgeous. He's gorgeous. Leonard I mean, Roberts! Like, 
I really want to see Fen get like super into King Idri and Elliot get jealous of that. <laughs> that would be I hilarious. Want I want to be like, uh uh-uh. uh, you, you thought this was all about you, Elliot, and you were wrong. You were it's very like, wrong. he won't fuck me, but you will, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy. like when we were filming Leonard, the actor that plays King Idri, he's so he's so great. Him and, El- him and Hale had such a beautiful chemistry. And in the part where Margot pulls Elliot aside to be like, hey, what's going on? So Leonard, like, as King Idri, he just looks at me with these eyes, and he grabs my hands, and he just has this this calming, charming attitude. And I, like, I just, like, giggled, and I'm like, okay. And after, I was like, you charmer. It's like, now that. you're changing how Fen feels because you're making Britney feel all charmed. He's such a sweetheart. Oh, I love that. I, I really hope, I hope Fen and King Idri... <laughs> I, I'm making some faces that nobody I, can see. Uh, <laughs> and I just yeah. can't give any once again either way I can't I gotta be careful about what I say I love that like the relationship though between Elliot and like the king kind of just like forges while he's like hiding in a tree like a cat like, oh yeah like, oh god damn it <laughs> Um, so there's a couple things I wanted to ask about this, and the first thing is, right, like, I, I sort of mentioned this before, Elliot doesn't consult her, he, like, never asks her if she's okay with this new element in their marriage, and I would be pissed, I mean, that's not how most Polly is supposed to go, so... Yeah, for sure, like, whether, no matter how you feel about, about, like, being polyamorous or bringing somebody else in or whatever it is. Once again, open communication, very important yeah. thing. <laughs> and so I think, yeah, maybe ultimately that's that's a good point. I think that's what is the most worrisome to Fen is that this decision's been made that she had no that she had no say in. Of course, Elliot kind of ha- didn't fully have a choice. You know, once again, like Hale could speak to this way way more intelligently than I could because he's the one that's been dealing with this for so long and Fen's just like, "Eh, so I haven't put as much thought into it. But of course, he just came out of this traumatic experience and almost died. And so it's not even like he's coming in like, I'm getting married. You know, it's not that. It's like it's this diplomatic decision that he had to made, make. But of course, Fen's still a, a human being and still might not think about that at first and just think about the emotional relationship side of it. So I have another question. Uh, I gotta say, she looks a little guilty when he says, I'm gonna slay whoever didn't tell me this or whatever. <laughs> Did- did Fen know? Oh, that I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I think that's just that's. A, I actually don't know. Um, I don't think Fen knew though. Okay. But I can't. I'm not 100 percent sure. Actually. I feel like she'd tell Elliot. I feel like Pickwick's she... knew though. Yeah, yeah that's those true. sneaky. <laughs> and Abigail. Ugh. Abigail knows everything. That sneaky sloth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention, and I guess Fen doesn't know this by the end of the episode, but Margot sold Fen's baby to the fairies. Yeah, kind of what a big thing. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's gonna be a source of tension. <laughs> yeah, you know, not gonna be a walk in the park. <laughs> I'm actually shocked, though, the, the manipulative cunt thing, like, it was actually on... Like, cable. Like, I know! I was like, this isn't HBO, and it's on. I was just like, she just said cunt. And I was like, I thought that was, like, a huge word to, like, say, like, in movies, even. Yeah, I did, too. Love that they put it in, though. I'm always oh, yeah, a fan of putting the curse words in. I know, I was surprised, too, they didn't have to bleep that out. So technically, that's, like, a TV-14 show. That's why I was like, what? <laughs> there's, like, there's weird stuff, though, because there's, like, certain words. I think I remember that. I worked in film, like, very briefly, and I think I remember you can get, like, a certain number of fucks per... Yeah, that's true. Whatever, like... Uh, no, you don't. You I'm only get one fuck in a PG-13. 
In really? I know. I know. There's like a limit to it. I'm not. Yeah. That sounds about right. I'm not one. sure. And I wonder if, if like cunt is the next <laughs> run. The down next run down. You can get one cunt per episode. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't even really heard cunt used like regularly in movies. Like not until Gone Girl, yeah. and they say it like three times. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Like that's a lot of cunt. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like that's gonna be a big source of tension. And I kind of want to see. I feel like. Right, Fenn has been, so much has been happening to Fenn, she's just kind of been accepting of it. I really want to see her, Fenn's like, go, go berserker. Go, mm-hmm. like, just be like, no, I am not taking this anymore. Like, all right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, I think, I mean, I like, hope, you can't I hope confirm you or deny got to get to or opportunity. I don't think your character's going to be happy about it, but I don't think Elliot's going to be happy about it no, either. I mean, he actually so. seems kind of excited to be a dad, like, which is, it's just like, just because, you know. Does he? I've never been sure about that. I, feel I don't like know. He, he seemed like kind of shocked at first, but then he just like keeps bringing up fatherhood and being a, a parent. And yeah, I think he was definitely shocked at first and didn't know what to think about it. Understandably, he was also like twenty. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I think our characters yeah are like what twenty years old. Uh, maybe little, maybe not school. They should be. About oh right, that's uh, a good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, I think he kind of you know ends up stepping up to the plate and growing. He's going to be about twenty four actually because. Quentin's character is supposed to be 23. Yeah. Oh, that's right, and he's a great above. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Agreed. But yeah. <laughs> a great, yeah, yeah, I don't know, whatever. And I know they make it kind of like, in the show, you're not really sure yeah. how yeah. much older he is. Totally. Think, but if they're doing it by what the book is, it's uh, a great. So grade. were there any other parts of your storyline from this episode that you wanted to like talk about? Because we have a couple other things, but they're not Fen-related specifically. <laughs> Let's not bother. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 I'm totally kidding. Um, I'm trying to think about what... Like, what was your favorite thing to film? Um, my fa- well, my favorite thing to film was definitely the Les Mis sequence. Mm-hmm. It was, it, I mean, obviously, it was so much fun. And, like, you know, we had a rehearsal day with these amazing choreographers and um, me and, and Hale and Summer had so much fun. Because, like, we're all, we're all friends in real life and we all get along so well. So being able to, like, we're on a set and we're doing a musical <laughs> and we're playing music, like, that's so much fun, you know? It's just, like, it kind of feel like a kid a little bit. Is Hale actually trained, like, to sing? Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah, he's he's a, it comes across, but... Yeah, he has a beautiful voice. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. He's... Gush. he's uh, yeah, right? That's why I think I tweeted during it and I tweeted at him and he liked it that, it, that he needs to play, like, that he should do Les Mis, like... Right, on, on Broadway and he just has he has that presence, and Ugh. he totally he totally could. Yeah, make, we'll <laughs> if he does anything that. on Broadway, I would be like super down to like just go. Oh yeah, totally, <laughs> exactly. Give me tickets. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the last things, the last two things that I want to talk about, like I said, they're not part of Fen's storyline, but they're pretty important to the episode. Mm-hmm. And for the first one, Quentin finally makes the decision to release Alice. Yeah. Which I mean, it's huge. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned in the Reddit AMA that you're fascinated with Alice and Niffin Alice's story in particular. Yeah. Do you think there's any part of Alice left in the Niffin that we see? I mean, I think... I think there's there's got to be. Like, I think... Yeah. I mean, I think that there is. Um, of course, we can't be short for, for 100% sure. But ever since I got the first script where she becomes Niffin Alice, I'm like, she's got to be in there somewhere, you know? Which makes it that much more devastating for Quentin because it's this person that he's in love with and, and he cares for so much and especially for a piece of... If he does think a piece of person there and I think he does, which is part of the reason why I think I do, like, oh, man. Like, I put myself in that position. That's why it's so fascinating. Like, if it was, like, my 
my boyfriend in real life who all of a sudden became this Niffin and mm-hmm. I feel like he's still in there like man like like Quentin does like I would sacrifice so much and I'd be like fine drive me crazy like I need to find a solution for this you know but then it gets to a point where um I want to read something Okay, cool. Where he does make this really difficult decision, and man, like I have, it's one of those situations where you don't know how you'll react until you're in it yourself. I definitely don't want to like spoil the book for you, but just I know it's really hard. Book I can't three, wait for you to read book, book three. Book three. <laughs> My God, why haven't I read it? For the record, by the way, like as an actor, if Fen was in like book three and or was actually very similar to her character, I would have read all the books before I started filming. <laughs> oh, but I'm because sure. it was such a departure, I decided it was more important to focus on like the scripts and other sure. things than that. Oh, no, Just I so I don't sound like a horrible actor that or, didn't... Oh, no, no, no. And you've, I mean, you've, you haven't been involved with it that long. You didn't no, no, the time where like yeah. half the cast like had... Like, you know, months like to read year. all of them, so... Yeah, like, I'm definitely going to finish the book. I read yeah. it more at my, le- at my no, leisure. Sure. Okay, cool. We're like, mostly just excited for you. Oh, I'm so excited to read The third, third is my favorite. I, is it your favorite? Yours? Yeah, yeah, the third is my favorite. <laughs> cool. I'll, afterward, I'll show you the tattoo. The arcs are just... Oh. The arcs are just so beautiful. <laughs> cool. The arcs are so beautiful, like, and so, like, satisfying and worth it. It's yeah. really... It's... Yeah, anyway. So the thing I wanted to read you was from the interview we did with Lev, uh, where we asked him... Uh, basically to tell us how he views Niffenhood. Mm, Um, And he said, uh, I've always felt in danger of being overwhelmed by my own emotions and even destroyed by them by their intensity. That's just what being a human day-to-day is like for me. And writing is like that, but even more so. When I write, when I'm writing well, it's at a pitch of emotion which always seems to be on the edge of some indefinable disaster, as if it's going to be too much for me to contain. In a lot of ways, the magician's books in the magician's books, doing magic is a metaphor for writing. Becoming a Niffin is about losing control, drowning in your own emotions. Many years ago, about 25 years ago, I read by chance a paragraph in a magazine, a description of a woman having a nervous breakdown while sitting in an airport and how it felt. It felt like she was turning into a ball of fire. That made a deep impression for me. The paragraph ended like this. Now she was a ball of fire sitting in an airport. Nobody noticed. You can probably hear that resonating with the first line of the magicians. A Niffin is what would happen if what that felt like was actually literally happening. It's an experience that I think has analogs in a lot of things, in addiction and mental illness, but also in artistic creation and in love. Well, he's just a poet all the time, <laughs> know, right? and now I sound like a babbling idiot <laughs> oh, in my no, entire no, no, no. interview. He makes us all sound like idiots. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, screw you, Lev, you brilliant son of a bitch. <laughs> I sent a message this morning because I was when I was rereading. There was just this like totally mundane sentence in the book where he's talking about Josh, or where I guess it's about Josh. Yeah, and it's something like, um, here actually, I'll pull that up too because I don't want to misquote him. Josh stared into his glass uh dubiously and took a fastidious sniff <laughs> i just laughed so i think i woke you up that's great oh my oh. god i love the way love thinks and speaks and he oh. just thinks yeah. he he feels so deeply and thinks so oh man it's just amazing and that's such a good it's funny too because like i i've gotten better in like recent years but like i've struggled with anxiety for my life and it sucks and so hearing this description like you know, it's I I get it. Sounds like what the astrologist said about my past lives. To be yeah. honest, <laughs> yeah, right there you go. It brings us full circle. Well, but I think that really that's what I really love about like that that picture of being a Niffin in the book, and I think we see a little bit of it in the in in the show too. Is that idea that it is just about sort of being overwhelmed, and you become yeah. this person that you don't even recognize, right? And it's like this literal manifestation yeah. of. 
things you feel that you can't quite put into words, it's like turning into a ball of fire. Yeah, which well, is a it's nip-in. like moments and where she like you know like really hurts Quentin yeah. like on accident and stuff, and then she feel, like it seems like she feels bad. Yeah, yeah. To like an extent. But I feel like I mean, <laughs> yeah. if, you've, if you've had anxiety, you're familiar with this. Just that, like that feeling when you get so overwhelmed that like there's this little part of your brain that feels like it's actually on fire, and it's like oh yeah, and like <laughs> you're like stuck in this bubble or yeah. like a ball of fire, I guess, and like you can see uh, that it's not rational or it's not yeah. logical, but like oh, even yeah, though you're you always can... telling yourself like oh I'm 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 doing something really stupid, but you like can't stop it. Yeah, you can't. You're you're aware of it, but it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, you know. I think that's why it's so, I mean, for me, it really, I agree with you that I think there's some, there has to be a part of Alice left in there. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, exactly. Yeah. Also, did you see, have you guys seen Get Out? Not yet. Okay, I'm okay, okay. I'm my husband anything. when I get back. Cool, cool, you gotta <laughs> see it. The whole thing was already spoiled for me, but I, really? oh, well, but I still want to see it. Was it fantastic? Oh, it was great. Oh, it was so, I'm super so. stoked for it. I'm just like, I can't believe Jordan Peele did this. this is oh, Jordan scary. Peele's so amazing. I'm like, this man needs to keep making films because, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Anyways, oh never gosh. mind. Anyways, I can say anyways. I, I wouldn't want to give anything away. Yeah. So, my anecdote is pointless. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so the the other thing that I want to talk about is this is the first episode where I think Katie really realizes that the Julia that she knew is gone. Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit in our last episode, but Shadeless, Shadeless Julia seems like a total sociopath. Mm. And in a way that she really doesn't in the books. Like, we were really offended in the last episode. <laughs> I've been on, like, white like, rants. Yeah, that she, like, sets a forest on fire um, for... <laughs> oh, no, you read the second book. So yeah. you understand why that's offensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember all the details from the book. Go on, though. Okay. So, yeah. Spoiler See, here's the other thing. Being, so, being on the show, like, I was watching the first ep- the first season over several times while I was also reading the scripts for the second season while I was also reading the books. So I am constantly confused what happens I where. Actually, I am constantly I, saying that, I say happens. Happens. that she's, like, calling me out and being like, no. It's <laughs> I've, I've read the books, like, four or five times. So, yeah, okay, so, like, well, okay, you probably like, just, know way better, just though. I barely, like, reread The Magician King, so, like, I'm very, like... Yeah. yeah, I'm just always confused as to what I'm even confused I mean, I, what I filmed and what I, I didn't. I honestly think like if I was like if we were in the show we would know. Like yeah. that would that can't be easy to like also like have your character in your head as well as yeah. just like all these things. I happening. just get confused what came from where. Okay, but sociopathic Julia. Yeah. Got any hints about where her story's going? <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, we but I don't know. What she gave us. <laughs> we know Shade's coming back in the next episode because of the promo, but there, I haven't seen the promo yet. There's some really interesting. There's some really cool scenes that's coming up that has to do with um with Shadeless Julia. I can't like I don't know what I can <laughs> say, but it's totally socio totally sociopath. Like I knew a sociopath once. Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> Just, no, he was just a horrible human being. And like the crazy thing is, is that it's like um, it's like a clinical thing. Like, a lot of them are actually you're not, functioning. They don't yeah. realize that, like, the fact that they can't feel anything is wrong for a really long time, so they just kind of mimic what other people do. Oh, so absolutely. I mean, that's how they get by in, in everyday life, is that you're you're mimicking something, and you're, like, you're just becoming what is acceptable, but you, you're just cut off. You're literally cut off. Ugh. And then you go on a philosophical rant about how technically everything's a construct, so what's really acceptable. <laughs> You were mentioning that there was this moment. Um, there was this moment where Julia seems to feel something. There's a few moments, um, and I, I, I mean, I don't know where that's coming from. And it, it could just be Stella like doing that. But uh, you were talking about the moment. There's two where, moments yeah. technically because there's a moment where she seems concerned 
that Quentin's nose is bleeding and that he's dying. Yeah. Um, when Alice is in his body. Mm-hmm. Um, and she seems a bit concerned about that. Um, and Jason's amazing in that scene. Yeah. As, as like, mimicking Olivia, he's so oh, yeah. good at it. He was <laughs> so good. Because, you know, I'm, I was on set that day, and when I watched it for the first time on Wednesday, I was like, oh, my God, he's so good <laughs> at being Olivia being Alice. Yeah, <laughs> so good. He's so good. He's such a good actor. Uh-huh. And just, like, the two of them having scenes together, we love it. It's like they're going to, like, when Julia, and even though it's technically not, uh, Alice, they seem just seem like they're gonna burn the whole world. <laughs> totally, right? yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> but no, there's a there's a second there where she seems like she cares, and then there's another at the very end of the episode, like after it's clear yeah, that Reynard's gonna kill him. Yeah, yeah. That she seems to try to get into it. In, like to yeah. help him, but like the of course the the words the yeah. Word yeah. won't let. That's her. why I think like with Niffin Alice, like I think that there's always a, if you already are this this person, I think even if something happens to you that shuts it off, or it might gets not in the even way. be them. It might just be like their uh, automatic response completely. because yeah, yeah. that's someone they care about. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's all I have for the episode. But now it's time to talk about fashion. Yay! I'm <laughs> so, obsessed with all the wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> we are too. I mean, it's amazing. Um, so, talk to us about Fen style. Where does it come from? Oh my god, Fen style. Fen style is all because um, Mogli. I feel so bad. I don't know how to say her last name. Good, good, good. I think it's Guidaski, but I don't Guidoski, know. I think I'm so. Making that up. I'm a linguist, so hopefully I got it right. But. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> when I went to school, I started as a linguistics major. Oh, and talk. then shifted. <laughs> Yay! I know. That's so cool. Yay! Um, but yeah, Mogli, and then I mean the whole team. Um, of of men and women that make the wardrobe is just absolutely incredible. So basically, it it you know, it, it uh, Fen's wardrobe starts. Here, let me start over. So Fen's Fen's wardrobe is so open to whatever Mowgli dreams up because even though Fillory is kind of this archaic world and in a way it's a period piece, it's also not actually like, you know, you don't have to be like, okay, this is 17, 1750s in England, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to abide by these certain rules of this time because it never existed. So there's all these influences that she brings in from different cultures and different times, but then she creates it herself and gives it this this fantastical edge. And so it's just amazing going into wardrobe. And, you know, all of Fen's outfits starts, start as just pieces of huge fabric. I on, saw on that spools. on your Instagram. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, like, pieces of fabric, and I'll go in, and I'll just see, like, spools of fabric in the room, and I'll be like, ooh, that one's really pretty. And she's like, oh, that's going to be a dress someday for you. And I get all excited, and, you know, and then I go in early, and sometimes, once she's actually draped just a piece of fabric over me, and, like, without any cuts or anything in it, and that was kind of cool. And then sometimes I come in at certain parts of the process where it's already pinned together quite a bit, but then, like, her and um, Kelly, the the assistant costume designer, will just start pinning and doing all this extra stuff, and will be reshaping it on my body, and it's just so cool to see them work. And then I come back, and it's different, and it has all these amazing accents on it, and it's just oh god, I love it. I love that um, the pink, collar, the pink dress with the metal yeah, with collar. The collar. Oh, that was amazing. It reminds me and of it, Hermione's pink dress. Oh, totally. I'm obsessed with that dress. But I really like the collar because it made it like. It made it, like, badass, like, she's made out of steel in right? the episode where I think you're really finding out that she has, like, this warrior past. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mockley did that on purpose. Yeah. I also, I wonder, this is an observation I've made, and I don't know if it's, like, intentional, so mm-hmm. maybe you can tell me. I noticed that um, sometime in, like, the middle of this season, around there, um, 
Finn and Elliot's episode or um, costumes started to get more coordinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's intentional. <laughs> that, I'm pretty sure that was absolutely <laughs> happening. I can totally see Elliot uh, just being like, "Now you need to like match me." <laughs> I'm so down for well, matching. Well, maybe, but I, I felt like it was for me. It felt like they're starting to get closer and like really mesh together in a certain way. And I, it was interesting because in this episode, I think. There was a little bit of pullback from that mm-hmm. in that same way, where like, <laughs> which is kind of what yeah, happened, happened in the plot. In, the in this, plot. yeah, totally. <laughs> I I love her. I think she's amazing. I haven't talked to her yet, but I like everything I hear about her is just fantastic. I love her. She's so great. We're we're trying very hard to get her on the show. So yeah, she's happen. so interesting and just so much. I mean, obviously, so much thought goes into all the design, yeah. and she's so passionate about it. And yeah. So what it. was this one? Actually, was from somebody on Twitter, Liv. What was your favorite outfit for Finn from this entire season? Oh, from the entire season? Ooh, okay. I guess it has to be just up until this episode. Of course. You technically be like, oh, there's this one in this episode. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I, I think if I had to pick one, I mean, I love all of them so much. It's the, it's the dress. I think I wore it in a couple episodes, but it was during the episode where we had, where Arjun and I had the, the um, crossbows. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, it was just this incredible, like, pink dress with gold accents and the reason why I like it the most is because it feels the most princessy to me, <laughs> and I just am obsessed with wanting to be a princess. And it's You're, just you so... play a princess. Though. I know. It's a true, true, true. I'm a princess. I'm a princess. Um, She's a queen, technically. Yeah, I know. I don't I'm know like, how it works with the like. Well, I don't have any ruling power. Yeah. It's it's you know once in the it's like script. Like a queen consort or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. It's like a queen consort. Like I'm queen regent. Once in the script, it referred to me as um, Elliot's. Queen Fen, and so I've held on to that one line of action the entire season. But I actually have no ruling power. Like Margot and Margot is the queen. Uh, she but I don't really still... have too much ruling power either. Yeah, good really. point. Exactly. <laughs> but I have a little. Yeah, I'm kind of a queen, I guess. I don't know. I just I don't know. I just want to be a queen or a princess. I don't care. I don't need ruling it's power. It's weird too. that they won't let her make decisions, and yet when she says she wants to go to war. Yeah. They let that. I really liked, they let that be sound. I really liked um, in the was it two seven or two. I don't know some recent episode um, where uh, Elliot is like coming back to life. Actually, was that the last episode? Yeah. <laughs> Time flies. It does. <laughs> um, and. Elliot said, or um, sorry, Margot says to Fen, like, I know that I have no power, but I will like hunt to the ends of the earth yeah. to make it, yeah. to change that rule to like take care of you. I thought that was so great because yeah. the thing is, like, you know that Margot wants the power anyway, but it doesn't become an insistent thing for her until mm-hmm. there is something that she has to protect. Well, that's the thing is because she has something extreme to fight for at this point and I really feel like Margot's humanity comes out so much in that episode and the things that she cares about most in life are being dangled in front of her and we don't know what's going to happen to them and so she just comes through she's even sweet to Quentin which I feel like she hasn't been sweet to Quentin since like right before the threesome so (laughs) right yeah exactly yeah yeah Summer and I liked that scene we Uh, we liked bonding (laughs) Oh. <laughs> um, any other fashion points from you? Anything you can tell us about, like, the behind-the-scenes? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think about anything. Like, I, I know more about my wardrobe or, like, you know, Margot's wardrobe because I see. But I love, yeah, I do love how Elliot and Margot are, are coordinating, and then as the season goes on, he starts coordinating with me a little bit and then goes back to Margot, and I just think there's just so much thought put into it. I love it. Yeah. And I also like how Margot's wardrobe incorporates a lot of, like, 
pants? Yeah. With a half dress? In, in that same episode, she was wearing, like, what, what I thought of as, like, the Hillary Clinton version of the Hillary Clinton, <laughs> like, couture pantsuits in yeah. her episode. I love that. Totally, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Are all of uh, theirs made also, like, completely? Or are they, like, bought some and then, like, altered? Yeah, all of Hale's, or all of Elliot's and Margot's are also completely made. Oh, my gosh, that um, work. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. just incredible. Yeah. Margot's, the blue skirt cape thing was just amazing. Oh, that's one of my favorite oh my outfits. Yeah. <laughs> all the ones that use the black lace. Oh, yeah. The, the ones yeah. in the episode mm-hmm. after after Alice dies. Uh, yeah. Which those were... We were wondering if it's intentional that she was uh, kind of mourning Alice for, like, an episode or, oh, or two. I'm not she sure. She's all black for a few episodes. That's a good point. I bet, I bet that was intentional. That was her way of, like, mourning. Yeah. Right? she... Couldn't say it out loud. Right. Yeah, so this is why I we need that. to get Mogli on the show. I know. Yeah. I'm like, huh, Mogli. <laughs> Actually, it's it's funny. In one of the episodes, because they are making our wardrobe, at least the fillery side of things, completely from scratch and so quickly in all this wardrobe all at once, there was one scene where I was actually supposed to wear another dress, but the dress wasn't finished being tailored yet. And so, I mean, it was literally, I think it was like hours short or something. So I wore another dress that I'd already worn. And I remember looking and be like, I already wore that one. I wonder why I'm wearing it. And then I found out because I was supposed to wear another dress. But they just kind of switched it in. And so between scenes, like I'm supposed to be wearing another dress. Like, I don't know if you could ever catch it, but yeah. I mean, it was still this Someone gorgeous dress. Probably did. So yeah, probably not. Like, wait, yeah. why is she wearing these two different things? But yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's it for fashion, which means it's on to our MVP. I will start us off. This was an ensemble episode, which made it really, really hard to choose. But I think I think the lamest number is what tipped it for me, and I have to give it to Hale. He's got such an amazing voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he saves things. <laughs> yeah, well, and there's this moment, there's this moment, like, right at the end where he's, like, where they're marching into battle, and the look on his face is so intense, and you're just like... Like, I'll bow down to you, King Elliot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He should just run away, but she did. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. He has an incredible voice. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he's such an amazing voice. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Danny, what did you think? Well, I'm going to be a bitch about it and just be like, I'm not picking because the whole cast is just too good. Like, it is true. I love, like, it was really I really love the ensemble yeah. episodes where everyone's just getting, like, a really good chunk, but. Because, like, I, I, I want to go with Hale, I and mean, then I also really want to go with Jason, because Jason playing, like, as Alice is just so good. Yeah, you've been loving that. Yeah. I love it, but I just, just, he's always, like, two seconds away from an emotional breakdown, and you can, like, see it in his face, and Jason's just so good. Yeah, he is. At being Quentin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Shadeless Julia is always, like, amazing. Yeah. And for the record, we thought you were fantastic. Thanks. I think yes. you saw. <laughs> yeah. I think you can tell. I think everyone is just like the whole cast is it's, just it's so It's really, good. it's an amazing I love, episode. yeah, I love this episode. I was skeptical of musical episode. You were saying this too, but like. It really it worked. Really it really fit. It really well. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to say who, I mean like, yeah, I want to say, I, I want to say Elliot. Um, obviously, because he's incredible and, and a part of me also, oh, oh, by the way, like it's, I know so much more. I pay so much more attention to the Fillory side of things that yeah. comparing yeah. those two sides is harder because I've paid so much attention to it. But I mean, also, Pace and me is like, Margot is pretty badass too because she also she made this huge sacrifice. Like, 
even though she's she made the deal for my baby, that's still a sacrifice for her because that's a really hard. It's really hard to make a decision that you you think is the right thing, but will, might make people hate you. Yeah. And so even though like she kind of did that, she I mean it was totally twisted and and manipulative. Like that was really hard for her. Like knowing that she's making a decision that could ruin her. You yeah. know, to save her friends and yeah. yeah. So. She was super down and just be like, all right, I'll get pregnant, whatever. Well, it's the thing. <laughs> she was so game. She was like, I'm not into this but you can put a baby in me right yeah <laughs> she was so down for it yeah I feel like she thought maybe she got that she would get to have sex with a fairy and that was, that was probably exciting. have you seen the fairies they're, we saw them the they're horrifying I, I agree I with you I think they look think... amazing though. no they do look amazing but they're, they're scary I, I'm I'm I sure there's probably a, there's probably a, like a hybrid one out there that's pretty hot right yeah 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 well and I guess we know that Margot would be into the centaurs or whatever so <laughs> <laughs> didn't she offer to fuck the talking horses yeah <laughs> like, there's definitely yeah that was so funny Mar- Margot's very fluid <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um okay cool so that was your MVP that's great um and then we do our episode ratings so Danny you first on this one in hot seat mmm I hate ratings this is my <laughs> least favorite part because I don't like giving number scales uh, can I just do a two thumbs up? <laughs> I know, it's hard, right? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll go with a 9 out of 10. I thought this was pretty great. It's, uh, yeah, why did we do this? <laughs> why did we it's add so, it's, so it's so hard. It's so... I I would say a 9 or even a 10. I mean, it was it held so well together. And you know, because we've talked about this before, I don't tend to like the Unsolved episodes quite as much because it feels like there's so much going on. Yeah, it's, like, hard it's hard. To, but this but one done yeah, it's done really well, and there's a lot of great character development. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a ten out of ten. I'm gonna give it a twelve because <laughs> I'm not biased yet again. Not in the least. <laughs> okay, really biased on her episode too. <laughs> um, so that's basically it for this week. But before we wrap up, I would like to make a small request to our listeners on behalf of the show. The Magicians is currently the highest rated show on Sci-Fi. But so far, we still don't have any news about renewal for season three. So if you love the show the way that we do, and the way that I'm sure Brittany does, <laughs> yes. um, please tweet sci-fi. Let them know how much it means to you. Just show your support. It can't hurt. And with Yay. that, I think we're done for this week. So, Brittany, thank you so much for joining us. Any last Thanks. words for your fans? Thanks. It was so fun chatting. Yeah, I know. I, I just keep, I hope you like the show. And oh, we love it. I like, can't imagine anyone listens to our podcast if they hate the show. That would be kind of weird. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. Yeah, this is very dark. <laughs> um, okay, well, thank you so much. Free traders, don't forget, subscribe and rate us on iTunes, and we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Mind slut. Meow 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 meow